Lions 37, Ulster 39. What a game it was. Ulster survived a late onslaught at Ellis Park in Johannesburg to beat a determined Lions team 39-37 in a thrilling United Rugby Championship fixture that could have gone either way. The win was the fourth of the campaign for the Ulstermen, while it was also just their second ever victory in South Africa. Lots to talk about, but first we're going to hear from some of the sponsors. I want to start this episode of The Red Hand with a message from one of our new partners, William Carlisle Coaching. William Carlisle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets while losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Program. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone, and pen and paper and write down William's social accounts on Instagram, it's at William Carlisle Coaching. And on Facebook, it's just William Carlisle. If you type that in, you'll find them. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop William a message and have a chat with him. So that's William Carlisle Coaching on Instagram or Facebook. Just type in William Carlisle and look him up on there and drop him a message. I want to introduce the Red Hand listeners to a fantastic business who support the podcast. Hill Fitness is Northern Ireland's leading home gym equipment provider. Whether you're a total beginner buying your first weight set or a strength training veteran creating your dream home gym, Hill Fitness have you covered. From dumbbells to squat racks, gym flooring to exercise bikes, Hill Fitness have everything you need and more. The Red Hand listeners can receive an exclusive discount of 5% off their first order in store or online. Just use code RED5, all caps, at the checkout. Check them out at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. That's discount code RED5, all capitals, for 5% off your first order at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. Hill Fitness make amazing home gyms happen. The Red Hand is proudly partnered with Shredded Juice Bar, a fantastic local business based on Belfast bustling Lisburn Road. Shredded Juice Bar stocks a range of fresh, healthy, wholesome and delicious food and drinks. Fresh juices, smoothies, acai bowls, protein pots, overnight oats, protein balls, salads and wraps. You can tailor our menu to your needs. Everything is served just the way you like it. We're all about feel-good food. Come and give us a try. We know you'll love it. We're open seven days a week. That's Shredded Juice Bar on the Lisburn Road in Belfast. We look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. I am joined this evening by Ulster fan and regular contributor to the Red Hand, Ian Frizzell, and South African rugby journalist, AP Cronje, to discuss Ulster's win over the Lions on Saturday in what was a great game. So, um, we'll get stuck straight in. AP, overall impressions of the game, and do you think that was a fair result on Saturday? Uh, firstly, thanks so much for having me back on. Really, really nice to be here. Uh, but yeah, launching straight into it, I think absolutely we can say it was a fair result. On the balance of things, Ulster did enough to get the victory and 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 were good for it, I'd say. But it was an interesting game because it kind of momentum shifted a few times. You know, Ulster got out to a really strong start and the Lions fought back and then had a narrow lead at halftime. Then Ulster came surging back in the second half and then it looked like time was a little bit against the Lions in the end and they just sort of almost lost to the clock as much as they lost to Ulster. So it was it was pretty thrilling from a fan perspective, but you you have to feel that Ulster did enough in that second half to to hold on um, and, and win it. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, you, you said it yourself, it was a really, really good game. Um, 
And from a fan perspective, you know, that's happening a lot in the tournament so far. You're seeing these games that are finishing within three or four points. Um, so, yeah, no, really, really good from my perspective anyway. Yeah, URC is the best league, I keep telling people. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, in terms of the game, I was actually, I was um, busy when it was being played and kept getting the, took a wee sneaky look at the scoreline coming through and I thought that's a, a disappointing one to have to miss. But uh, uh, Ian, fill us in, what was the most pleasing part of that team performance from Ulster? And we'll focus on the team performance, we'll talk about individuals in a wee minute, but overall, what did Ulster do well? Um, well, I think we managed the game uh, very well, either side of half time. Um, when when the Lions went down to uh, 14 players, uh, that was our opportunity to, to stamp our authority on the game, and they did so. Uh, so very pleasing that they did that. Uh, the other pleasing aspect for me was uh, how well uh, we coped with uh, playing in the heat and at altitude. Um, we were still pretty much there at the end of the game. So, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to the strength and conditioning guys at the at Ulster Rugby for that. Um, a couple of things at the, at, at the beginning of the game were, were, were uh, fantastic. I mean, second week in a row, we've scored the opening try within two minutes of the start of the game. Uh, so that just shows you how switched on we are uh, currently. Um, and uh, again, I think against uh, Ospreys, you know, we struck very early in the second half, uh, which is again something we did on Saturday against the Lions. So um, I, I, I'm very pleased that we, we seem to be we seem to be well switched on uh, for these games at the moment, and, and uh, you know everybody's contributing to that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like Ulster, I suppose, have started well. It's been finishing games in the last season in particular was our issue. And we'll come to that in a few minutes about what has shifted in Ulster's mindset or maybe are they managing games better? Are they utilising the bench more at appropriate times, particularly in those conditions? The bench will be absolutely vital uh, in, in that type of game. So, AP, as our South African rugby correspondent for the red hand, um, <laughs> in terms of both sides. Uh, maybe you can give us a bit, bit of insight um, into the Lions team. And um, but what players from both sides stood out in that game? Were there any particularly good performances? Well, well I suppose it, starting with the Lions, um, it's difficult not to look past that back row. You know, a lot of people were sort of interested to see how they'd managed, um, particularly with the departure of Vincent Chatuka to the Sharks. They they sort of thought they might be a bit, you know underpowered this season but it's not been like that at all you know Frankie Horn at, at, at eight and then either side of him Emmanuel Chatuka the younger brother and then Ruan Fento has been the revelation uh for the Lions this this season so that that back row as a unit has been almost the bedrock of the Lions success so far and the and the sort of almost upset victories that they saw on tour so them acting in unison was was pretty pleasing to see from a South African perspective and particularly from a Lions perspective, bearing in mind that they are still very inexperienced as a trio. And then also in the, in the back line, you know, you've got Kuhn Horn who was playing on the wing is more accustomed playing it in the fullback position, but he, I thought had a good outing. And then Henko van Veik, who many people see in South Africa as sort of the up and coming guy for the, for that sort of backup to Lacanio Am in the 13. Uh, position. So obviously, apart from his his knockdown um, just before half time, which resulted in the yellow card, which 
you know, Ian mentioned sort of wrested momentum away from the Lions and, and Ulster really capitalized. I actually did think he had a very, very good outing. He's defensively very, very sharp, um, competes hard at the breakdown, very physical for someone who's not, you know, conventionally of, of a big stature. I think he's, you know, just under six foot and, and not huge. So from the Lions perspective, I'd see, say that back row and then Henko von Weyck, uh really stood up. Um, and then from an Ulster perspective, staying in the centres, I think people who know me know that I have a bit of a, a, a McCloskey agenda. But, um, you know, I think that it's sort of underestimated how great his work through contact is, not just the strength, but he, his ability to get a hand free. He's like Inspector Gadget, you know, it's like a limb, an extending limb always seems to you know, shoot through contact and he's holding the ball in one hand and looking, looking for the offload. And his distribution game is actually so pivotal to what, um, to what Ulster do and, and, and to their attacking shape. Um, his ability to put guys away outside of him. I think perhaps it's not something that's just been this season, but, but it's really, for my mind, come really through this season. So, so he, I thought, had another outstanding game. And then Cooney as well, I thought, was, was, was really good. His kicking, um, his kicking was fantastic. I think there was a very clutch kick he put over from the, from the left-hand sideline, which, uh, you know, just, I mean, he's clinical. And when he's on, he's really on. And, um, and I, think that, uh, I think that from, from an outsider's perspective, when he's ticking, Ulster ticking. Um, but yeah, that, those are the guys, I suppose, from, from, the, from the Ulster side, as well as, sorry, one, one more guy, and I'd be remiss of me not to throw in Dwayne Vermeulen's name as well. I thought he had a very good outing. Uh, he won, I think, three turnovers and, and was, was all around just, you know, a menace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Vermeulen has, has been massive for Ulster in probably a more subtle way than Ulster fans expected. So uh, having had Marcel Kutsia, who is an absolute um, force to be reckoned with, barnstorming runs, um, very destructive sort of ball carrier, Vermeulen can do that to an extent, but um, a, a lot of what he offers is uh, in more sort of bread and butter work uh, as of a of a forward in the mall, um, getting stuck in, competing at the breakdown. It's maybe not as glamorous, but he's had a huge impact. And I just want to get get a, an idea. Do you know, we speak to Ulster fans all the time, and uh, it's it's good to get someone from outside that bubble. Do you know, looking in to sort of Irish provincial rugby and and Ulster as a team, and just. Um, follow-up question like what is the overall view that you'd have of Ulster uh, obviously you're well aware of them and watch them regularly you know but in terms of how, how maybe a South African audience would view Ulster would they see them as a as, as a threat or is, or is all the attention focused towards Leinster as, as the ones to beat well I think Leinster um you know, they've sort of got the reputation of, and, you know, the, the titles in Europe, which which goes along with it. But I think because you've got, had guys like Marcel Kutsia, like Ruan Pinar, like Louis Ludic, who've been at Ulster, there's a familiar, familiarity uh, within South Africa, you know, of the team. And they very much see them as, I think, there's almost a worry that sometimes from a South African fan's perspective, the the, the Irish sides can be somewhat homogenized, particularly the, you know, the quote-unquote big three. Um, so, you know, when you talk about Ulster, Munster, Leinster, a lot of the time there's, there's an equal level of respect for them amongst the, the South African fan base. And perhaps, you know, your layman might not know the exact nuances between the styles of the teams, but you just know that you're always up for an absolute dogfight whenever you, you go up against them. So I think last season, um, 
Ulster really laid down a marker in a way that I don't think that we've seen perhaps for a few few years. And it was actually funny because early on in the season, I was I was sort of saying, you know what, I suspect they might actually go a lot further than people are saying this year. And I think I think what we saw against the Lions is that they won games that previous seasons they might have lost. Um, I feel like that game against the Stormers in in the in the URC semis last year, I think that they you know, but for one kick could well have won that game and, and actually were leading with, with not a lot of time left on the clock. So for me, I think it's just that it'll be about also taking that final mental step forward to, to really being, you know, a championship team. And I think that's sort of the, the impression of them now as well. I think people perceive them in South Africa, at least as, you know, and I, and I hate to say it, but the, the second strongest Irish side. Um, and until they start winning trophies, they're probably not going to shake that, Monica, I suppose, but definitely one to watch. And and now that they've recorded a victory in South Africa, which many teams have struggled with, um, you know, the South African audiences know that the next next week against the Sharks will be a, a really, really big one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to hear uh, Ulster sort of in the same bracket as Leinster. You know, uh, I think over here we have an inferior, inferiority uh, complex about Leinster. And, uh, you know, it's, I, th- I think Ulster sort of, um, making a name for themselves, you know, and and, and with results like that away, um, uh, uh, that's completely justified, you know. So, um, Ian, I want to ask you about um, Ulster and uh, focus on players that you were most impressed with. And there's probably some obvious ones there. I'd like you to talk about those, but also like to hear a wee bit from you about Ulster players who have surprised you so far this season, maybe pleasantly surprised in terms of their performances that, you maybe weren't expecting. Yeah. Um, first of all, from the game on, on Saturday, um, uh, 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 obviously um, agree with AP. Um, McCluskey was was uh, fantastic and, and uh, you know, popping up in, in the line-out and... and uh, um, putting the ball into a scrum. Uh, I'd love to have seen that scrum completed just to see what the actual move was going to be. Was he just going to pick the ball up and and, and go bulldozing over the line? But um, he has been uh, uh, just simply fantastic. And uh, um, I really, really want to see him get rewarded for that uh, in the next few weeks. Um, the other players on Saturday who impressed were obviously Lowry, who got man of the match. I thought he was uh, just so busy, uh, so assured. Uh, he had a, 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 an awful outing against uh, Leinster in the rain a couple of weeks ago, but he's put that behind him fairly quickly. And uh, you could see his, his class. He sees things so well from 15. I know I had a I pop at a couple of people through the week who, when I suggested he might, if Billy Burns wasn't fit, he might start at 10. And, and, and who knows, that might have been the case. But he does just seem to have that wee bit of extra time when he's playing 15 and he sees things so quickly. Uh, um, players who have surprised me so far this season, I think the biggest surprise uh, would be Sam Carter in the last couple of games. Uh, I think he has been uh, fantastic and badly needed. Um, I was very critical of him, certainly last season. Uh, I just didn't think he imposed himself 
for the size of the guy. Um, this season, he seems to be, uh, 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 whether he thinks he's playing for another contract or not, I don't know, but uh, um, very, very pleasantly surprised by him. Uh, one guy I want to mention who I'm not particularly surprised about, but I'm just so pleased to see him getting uh, game time again is Rob Little. Uh, I have a lot of time for Rob, and I thought he was uh, underused last season. Um, young uh, Ethan McElroy seemed to 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 be uh, getting game time in preference to him. So uh, very pleased to see Rob's last two performances were very very good, very assured, um, uh, and I like him. Um, the rest of them, I, I, I mean, Marshall playing so well, um, difficult decisions to be made uh, with James Shum now fit again. And uh, front row, uh, I think we've got maybe a couple of issues there, but, uh, but hopefully uh, with, uh, with Sutherland coming in and Marty Moore fit again, we might be, we might be okay there. But uh, John Andrew deserves a mention as well. Uh, seemed to be out of favour last season. Didn't get a lot of game time, but has come back in this season and he's been playing really, really well. So um, that that's probably summed up as well as I can there, Peter. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, th- I think Sam Carter, I think uh, most fans have been pleasantly surprised. He came to Ulster and he had a big reputation, you know, as um, an international player and he didn't quite do it. He sort of got, he, he tried to get stuck in, maybe took on the role of an enforcer, but all he did was give away penalties. But now <laughs> we're seeing him uh, come into form and, and seeing what he can do. And as you say, look, regardless of his motivations for that, whether it's another contract or not, doesn't matter. You know, um, he's starting to put in performances and that's what matters. And I want to ask you... <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry. It's it, it just he's a real uh, super line-out operator, uh, and uh, when you don't have Henderson on the pitch, um, you know you need somebody like that who's who's, who's going to take that step forward and and uh, and be that dominant force in the line-out. Uh, Big yeah. Al O'Connor is just uh, you know 110 uh, percent all all the time, but you know Carter just. Uh, particularly in the lineouts, there just it's got that wee bit more. I think uh, new and setting up malls and 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 uh, and, and driving them all. So uh, now I'm very pleased to see that. Yeah, I, I was looking at Carter's stats as well for the past couple of games and the amount the carries he's making. Now like, Carter's not a guy who's ever gonna um, intercept and charge down the field, but his mm. close quarters carrying has been great. He's making tackles. Hello, the Red Hand listeners. This is Jonathan Moore from SS Moore Sports in Belfast. We're just opposite the front door of the City Hall onto Chester Street, where we've been since 1950. We again, like most other years, carry a full range of the Ulster rugby product. We do hoodies, tees, polos, jackets, gilets, scarves, hats, luggage. We do adults and kids. And that can be seen in store or online at ssmsports.co.uk. Hope to see you guys soon, and don't forget shop local.
And it's like if he's like a new sign-in because we, we didn't really look to him last year at important times. It was almost like they choose anyone but Carter uh, last season. But yeah, look, it, yeah, it all it all contributes to the depth. And the other thing I was going to ask you about you mentioned there, Mike Lowry, and people listening will, um, and even I suppose casual fans will know how good Mike Lowry is. But are you seriously considering him as a ten? Do you think? I mean, we've tried it a couple of times. Maybe hasn't gone quite as planned, no. but. The, you think that's a, a lack of no, time? no, no, no. Don't get me wrong, Peter. I, I have never um, really considered him as a ten, even back two, three seasons ago when he was bursting onto the scene, and 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 there was a, such clamour for him to to play at ten. Uh, and um, I, I, I just hope that that we've decided that we're going to stay with him at um, at fifteen because I think he's a is he, is probably one of the best fifteens in the URC. Uh, now there are a good few uh, and very good ones, uh, but I think Larry can hold his head up with with any of them. Uh, no, I, I I I only suggested him as as a ten during the week when we had uh, Burns and Madigan um, doubtful. Um, and uh, I was pleased to see that Billy Burns was was grand and and, and played the, the whole game. Um, I just I know we've got young Flannery coming in there, but it might just be a wee bit uh, too much to ask just to uh, for him to um, you know step onto the pitch in such a high profile game in South Africa. Well, that's it. I, th- I think it's all about um, blood news guys and slowly introducing the. To, to top level rugby and Flannery's been very promising and I'm delighted he got away on that third, you know, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, we just need to give these, the natural order of things is these guys should be introduced slowly. And um, that's, uh, we, we now have the luxury of depth to do that. And that, that's great. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I, I want to ask you now, AP, I suppose there's all, always chat about how difficult it is to, to win away in South Africa. And we sort of say it flippantly and, um, give us a bit of an in, in, insight into why it's so hard for teams to win away. Now, a couple of obvious factors, I suppose, but in terms of style of rugby and things like that, is there any like give us a bit of an insight into, into how different it is and why Irish teams and, and any team struggle to win away uh, in South Africa? Well, yeah, I mean, I think alluding to the more obvious things, you know, the conditions are, are tricky. You know, it's difficult to overstate the impact of not just the altitude, but I think even the Ulster management came out this week and said the heat, you know, it really gets to you. Obviously, given that the the tournament is now played, uh, you know, north-south hemispheres, it's different seasons. So it's it's sort of approaching the middle of the summer in South Africa. So you're you're playing games in 32 degree heat. Um, so that that brings its own challenge. And to be fair, it's one that South African teams also have to adapt to because it's a it's a new calendar for them as well. It's a, they're not used to playing at this time of the year, but obviously. <laughs> far better adapted to it so the heat is one the conditions are another you know altitude particularly when you're obviously facing the, the bulls and lions um that's another factor all in its all in itself but then touching upon the style <laughs> it's an interesting question to ask particularly at this junction in time because ultimately i've sort of seen an evolution in style in the south african teams that i'm a little bit surprised by you used to have your quote-unquote attacking teams being the the Stormers, uh, sorry, the the Lions and, and the Cheetahs, 
And then you would have the Stormers and Sharks offering more of a balance and you'd have the Bulls being your more conservative, um, forward-orientated side. But what we've seen, I think, in the last few seasons is that all the South African sides have now adopted more of an attacking mindset almost. You know, I think that's evident in the way that if you look at the Stormers with Mani Leboc at, at fly half, how they play, the Bulls have um, have completely changed the way that they play rugby from the, you know, the heyday of sort of 2009-10. And the Lions have stuck with the style that they've always had, which is more, more of a running style. But Having said all of that, I think that there are a few non-negotiables as a South African side and forward dominance is is something which is core to the South African rugby identity. And I think that's what you're going to get with all sides. You know, even the Lions who are in the URC, at least the least strong of South Africa's four sides, um, you know, e- even they brought, you know, someone like Ruan Fenter to to bear Willem Alberts in the, in the second row. You're always going to, going to find a really strong pack um, you know, whether that be at scrum time or at line-out time, mall defense, you're really, really going to be up against it. And I think that is why it's so difficult to win in, in South Africa is ultimately at home playing with, with their tails up. South African sides can really feed off of the energy of, of a dominant forward pack. And it's really tough to go out there and, and sort of motivate yourself. But I mean, Ulster showed, and, and Ian made a good point, you know, if you start early and you get points on the board early, you sort of sap that that momentum out of out of the teams a little bit and i think that's what we saw against the lions and then they, they you know they then went on to disrupt the lions line out extraordinarily well i thought and that and again takes a, a very key attacking platform away so <laughs> it's it's a bit of a loaded question to ask you know how is the style of rugby different in sa because you know obviously it's important anywhere you play in the world to have a have a strong forward pack but i think that you know, it's such a pride and joy of South African rugby to have really, you know, quality loose forwards and, and lock forwards. Um, and I think that is that is a challenge for teams um, coming up against them, I think. Yeah. I, I was listening to um, Dan McFarland uh, talk after the game about the weekly strategy meetings they have with senior players uh, every Monday to have them. They meet up. They talk about the next game, things that they'll need to do, areas that they need to work on. Do you know? I mean, that's obviously not unique or probably new to Ulster, but I mean, in those meetings, you're obviously uh, you're you're coming up against uh, a new environment, and um, as you say, a big forward pack uh, with a big emphasis on that, and it's working out how to combat that. And um, one of the things uh, we talked about earlier is, and and you mentioned their AP is the the, the way Ulster started now. Ulster, um, even last year, as we started well in, in a lot of games, we didn't finish them that well, and that was down to game management. So I want to ask you, Ian, um, is that a game do you think Ulster might have lost last season? And maybe tell us a little bit more about Ulster's game management and have they improved in terms of how they close out games? Oh, I think for sure. Um, uh, we seem to be... Um staying in the games uh, for the full 80 minutes this season. Um, this last season, there were a couple of games where we didn't start that terribly well and and, uh, and we sort of clawed our way back and maybe expended more energy than, than uh, we, we probably thought we might and that left us a wee bit short coming, coming towards the end. Uh, you know, we, we went down South Africa three times last season and we could have won two of those games. Um, and and 
I think we talked about this before, Peter, um, where there was nearly a reluctance to use the bench um, last season. Uh, and I think, for, uh, you know, if you're talking about game management, I think we're managing our bench a lot better this season. Um, I loved our bench on on Saturday. I, I, I liked it when I saw it on Friday uh, when they announced the, the team because um, there was a lot of mobility uh, and across the, the uh, replacements, both forwards and backs. Uh, and a lot of uh, skillful players across forwards and backs. So um, I, I think they maybe made uh, quite a difference on on Saturday as well, uh, coming towards the end of the game where you would have expected us to be flagging and and, uh, and tiring in the conditions. But uh, you know I think we we hung on we, uh, pretty well there and we didn't look. We didn't look any any worse for wear than the Lions did, let me put it like that. And they would be used to playing in those conditions. So, uh, yeah, using your bench properly uh, with with good players on the bench, which is the difference between Ulster this season and maybe two seasons ago, when we just didn't have the quality uh, on the bench. And if we had a couple of injuries, we, we, we that's, what I think, where we, where we suffered. Uh, last season... To an extent, and certainly this season so far, we yeah. we, uh, we we've been able to cope uh, a, a bit better with uh, with with the uh, you know guy losing guys and 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 uh, credit to Dan for building that squad and giving the guys uh, valuable game time so that when they are brought in, uh, they don't look uh, out of place and they, they seem to know the systems. So um, they're very That's pleasing it. part of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just looking through the the replacements there, the, the finishers as they're now called. Um, finishers who come on. I mean, we're, we're in terms of the quality of those guys. It's almost interchangeable in terms of who could who could start as well, and that's what you want. The likes of Nick Timothy mm-hmm. to come on, Nathan Doak again. There's no drop off. Ethan McElroy, like there's no huge drop off in quality. Whereas I think yeah. that's as we've alluded to a few times. McFarland looked at the bench last time, uh, last season, a few times, and thought, "I, I don't fancy that," and d- didn't uh, bring the guys on. Which, like, you can't afford to do. It's a, a twenty-three man game now, and uh, finally, Ulster have that quality and strength and depth. So, um, we're, we're going to look ahead now to the next week. Um, and AP, start with you in terms of of next week. Give us an insight into how much more of a difficult test Ulster will have against the Sharks, who, as we all know, are a fantastic team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'll probably be an entirely different kettle of fish against the Sharks, um, particularly now that you know all those Springboks have come back. I think seven Springboks have come back from from international duty, and and you know that changes the outfit almost completely. And we saw last week the impact that they made off the bench. Um, You know, Glasgow was sort of in the game until the 55th, 60th minute. And then the changes came on and then ended up being um, a bit of a bloodbath in the end. So it would be my suspicion, and obviously the teams haven't been released yet, but it would be my suspicion that the Sharks would um, start more of their frontline players this week and and not have them on the bench. Um, I think that they sort of just wanted to ease them into in, into you know the systems probably last week. So I imagine that you're going to get an incredibly strong Sharks outfit starting this week. 
And I think the challenge for Ulster will be, um, you know, the set piece. Ultimately, if there was one weakness in the Lions game last week, it was probably their line out really malfunctioned. I suspect that you're not going to see as much of that at the Sharks. You know, Evan Etzebeth is, for all his other attributes, also a fantastic line out forward. He's, um, he's brilliant at disrupting opposition ball. He's very savvy at, um, you know, managing the line out himself on, on, on Sharks ball. So, I think the set piece will, will definitely be an area that that the Sharks will fancy really going faster, both line out and scrums. Um, you know, they'll have an all Springbok front row and they'll probably be see that as a weapon to launch from. Um, so I think that <laughs> they'll be a very different proposition. But I mean, you know, the other thing with the Sharks is that they are at the moment consistently inconsistent, right? They've still not fully hit their straps for an entire performance and their defense has at times and we saw it against Leinster, you know, it has been porous um, and they will give you opportunities. And so for Ulster, the message will be that you've got to weather the storm in, in the opening sort of 20 minutes. Um, you've got to stay in the fight, hopefully throw a few punches early and then the Sharks will give you opportunities. And if you're savvy enough to take them, then then you're going to make a real fight of it. And and it should be a very, very tight affair. The, the danger, of course, is that if you, if you let them build a lead and, and feel some confidence, then there'll be a tricky team to stop. Yeah, that's put, putting it lightly, definitely, AP, and uh, tricky team to stop. And look, I'm going to test Ian's credentials as a diehard Ulster fan here and ask him whether he actually believes capable of beating the Sharks. And and <laughs> that's the first question. And what areas of the game do we have to improve? You can't just say all of them, which is, is probably the answer. Is there any specific things that you'd be looking to, to target or improve this yeah. week? Well, well, first of all, Ulster are capable of beating anybody in the league. Um, and we've proved that. Um, with, with Sharks and what AP has just said there, with, with, the get, with them getting their um, frontline international players back, just makes them uh, a different side. And, you know, having seen all four of the, the South African teams over the last uh, few weeks, uh, probably Sharks are looking to be the best of the four of them at the minute. I don't think Stormers really have, have um, hit their straps in the way that uh, uh, they would have uh, coming in there as champions and you would have expected them maybe to be to be uh, r- rolling on. But, they've, you know, they've, they've been pegged back a wee bit. So uh, I, I, I can see this as being probably the most difficult game that we'll have, uh, certainly uh, in the first uh, part of the season. Um, the Leinster game aside, you know, I think we just didn't perform in that game. Uh, can we Can we win? We can win, but it's going to be so, so difficult thinking. Uh, and show the referee that, you know, if you are stuck in a rock, show the referee that you really are making an effort to get out of there. Um, so, the, as AP uh, alluded to, the set piece is going to be uh, uh, so uh, important. Uh, um, if we can get Sutherland onto the pitch and uh, Marty Moore back, might give us a wee bit of parity in the scrum, but we will struggle uh, if we don't have those guys. Um, and no. line outs we can hold roll in the line outs our mall's good um, our mall defence is usually pretty good so um, 
look, it's going to be a real battle. Uh, remember, we went down there twice last year and almost uh, beat the uh, eventual champions. Um, so uh, th- we've nothing to fear. We need to be on our game. We need to be cutting out mistakes. Uh, and we need our, um, uh, our set piece uh, to, to at least be uh, on a par with the Sharks, uh, as AP has alluded to, with, with guys like uh, Elizabeth, uh, uh back and playing uh, in club rugby. Um, you know, you, you, you can just know the, the uh, strength that's going to come uh, through from their second row. Uh, their 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 back row with uh, Sia Khaleesi. Uh, I mean, I, I just I just really just enjoyed his cameo appearance on 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 Saturday against Glasgow. I just thought he was he he just was like nearly like a god on the pitch. Um, and uh, a lot of the good things in the second half were, were flowing through him. And uh, the 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 Sharks forwards ball handling and, and uh, there was one uh, break in particular I think they went from inside their own 22 up to the other 22 just through the forwards hands I don't think the back actually touched it uh, and it was just a, a amazing to watch but um, um, as I said uh, uh, I think if we can get Sutherland and Marty Moore on the front row uh, we stand a bit of a chance Without those guys, I think we'll struggle in the scrum. Um, and line outs will just, you know, you trust your systems in the line out and, and, and hope that uh, you can bypass the disruptions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're capable of, you know, we're capable of disrupting ourselves as we showed against the Lions. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would hope that certainly we get parity in the line outs. And then it's a matter of holding on to the ball and playing, playing good rugby, um, and uh, trying to uh, trying to keep the ball alive as uh, as Ronan O'Gara would say. Yeah, and uh, absolutely agree with all of that. And as you say, Marty Moore and Sutherland will make a huge difference. I think uh, uh, Marty Moore is one of these guys. I I keep going on about how how good he is. You know, and he might struggle in that heat. He's a big lad, but. Um, He's got some engine, and I think people underestimate that in him as well. So, uh, if you had him and O'Toole, you know, uh, interchangeable, that would be excellent. And just in a, in a in a word, AP and then, well, we'll start with UAP. Do you think Ulster? Well, I'll ask you. Do you think Ulster could win? What's your prediction for uh, for this Saturday, Ulster against the Sharks? <laughs> And you don't you just you know you know you're speaking to the Ulster audience, but no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Thanks for, for reminding me. Uh, I, I'm going to really cop out. It's difficult to say in in a word. Uh, I I'm going to go for a Sharks victory, but I think it'll be six points. I think I think it'll be within within one convert to try. Certainly, I really think that um, Ulster on a bit of a bit of a charge this season. They're they're showing that they can win the games that last season perhaps they they couldn't. And as imposing as the Sharks look, as I've said before, they will give you opportunities and, and Ulster have looked sharp and they've looked like a type of team that can take those opportunities. So if they put in a big performance, who knows? But having said that, I think the Sharks uh, at home especially will, will just have a bit too much for them. So I'm predicting Sharks by six points. 
Very good, very good. And Ian, you've been very sort of diplomatic and and in, in saying that uh, Ulster are capable of it. But do you think they'll win? What do you think the score will be? Um, so you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I I, um, I I would prefer to look at it a different way, Peter. Um, before we went down there, would have we would have accepted coming back with six points, um, and uh, uh, whilst I dearly want to win the game uh, and I do think that you know if if everything goes our way we, we're more than capable of winning it but I, I think they may just end up in uh, a little too strong for us uh, so I'm going to go for a narrow Sharks win but oh. a bonus point for us Oh well you, you saved it there at the end of the bonus point Uh but uh, I thought you were a real Ulster fan, Ian, but it turns out you're... you're... <laughs> I'm only joking. I I'm, think a realist. I'm also a realist, Peter. I think that's... I mean, I'll, I'll probably take stick uh, for my prediction, but um, yeah, realism sometimes is... Uh, is, yeah. is uh, bigger than the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'd I probably be the same as you, to be honest. I think Ulster uh, will we'll battle this one, but the AP has talked up the Sharks so much there. I think you've persuaded me, AP, that the Sharks might yeah. might do us over here. But um, no, thank you both so much for joining me. And uh, I thought it was a really good chat. So thanks again, guys. Okay, Peter, thank you. Thanks so much, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. I want to tell you about a new partner of the Red Hand, Andy Willis Strength and Conditioning. Rugby, even at an amateur level, has never been more competitive. If you're serious about feeling fitter, stronger, and gaining confidence in your body again while playing, then this could be your opportunity. Andy Willis is a rugby strength and conditioning coach, providing a first-class online strength and conditioning service for athletes. Andy provides his athletes with clarity, support, personalised performance programmes and sports injury rehabilitation. Andy would like to offer listeners who are serious about levelling up their game a consultation call to discuss their goals and how strength and conditioning could help you level up. Find Andy on Instagram at andywillis underscore sc for more information. Imagine a place free from gravity. Imagine a place free from all external stimulation where the only thing you can hear is your own heartbeat. A place where your physical and mental health can rest and recover, where you can reconnect with your whole self. That place is Hydroease. Come and join us. You can find us at www.hydroease.com hydro-ease.co.uk